You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Hi, folks. Boston Bruins hockey is back. It's been a couple of weeks, but we actually have some games to talk about. We got some players who actually played games to talk about. Man, one of the big storylines right off the bat, I'll, I'll jump into it, is a lot of secondary scoring. A lot of guys getting on the score sheet that we really needed to get on the score sheet if this yes. team's going to go anywhere. All stems from some line switching and... Uh, Seems like it actually worked out this time. I know I know we've complained many times on this podcast about Cassidy doing too much tinkering, but it seems like he kind of tinkered just enough and is letting it ride. Let's welcome you boys. Andrew, how are you feeling today? I feel like I just took a ride on the Steen engine. I am oh. all about <laughs> that boy's play right now. Are we really going to do about porn it. music right off the bat? I'm just Seriously, <laughs> like no stuff thick yep. needs to be mentioned. And yep. you know what? No, People... no, no, no. You got you to gotta find another one. You got to exactly. find another one. New one music. With the, one with New train music. Whistle. Please add porn music with train whistle to your Google search history. <laughs> we should all be on some sort of list. Boys, I'm feeling amazing. That's three dubs in a row, I think for the second time this year. I don't think it's been many times this year that we've actually got Second three time wins in this a row. year. That's correct. Oh, it's beautiful. It feels good. And I don't care about who the competition was. Three wins in a row is the competition even... was a NHL teams. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's the era of, of parody, right? Let's, let's get these dubs while we can. We have a lot of games coming up that are going to be, we'll get there, but that are going to be tough. Let's let's see if these line changes stick. Like Thomas was saying, oh, I'm just there's so much to talk about. I'm pumped, Andrew. Something's going on with your mic where it's even weaker now. Oh my god! Are you better off not Testing. using that mic? Hello? Yeah, but it's dulled, Andrew. It's I like mean, really dulled. Really? It's somehow worse. I mean, is it, it is. Is it actually sure, it is a, a micro mic? It's like forty. No, which is fine. But is are you 100 positive that it is not a hairbrush? <laughs> 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 it's actually just a laptop picking you up. Can you hear me? Oh, now we can. You're, you're clear, but How's quiet. That's pretty now? quiet. Quiet. How about now? Quiet. Fucking hell. What are you using now? Right now I'm using my cell phone because my internet connection just died. Okay. That's okay. good. What that, you just that did was sounded good. better. It's still like it's, this? Yeah, that's not too bad. Okay. I'll do that. We'll do this. Fuck yeah, it. The, yeah, this this is better. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Do, do you want to hear something ridiculous? What's that? I already don't know what we said. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I know I said I was excited and there was a lot to talk about. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I can repeat anything in there and be like, all right, it makes sense. Yep. <laughs> all right. If, if anybody listening wants to uh, get involved with uh, some fundraising for Andrew's fucking uh, podcast set up here as it shit the bed like two weeks ago and we're just... We're struggling to get him to sound remotely uh, listenable. Um, he's now not speaking into a hairbrush, so that's that's a positive thing. But well, <laughs> yeah, getting, now it's just to sound, getting me to sound remotely listenable has nothing to do with what I'm. It has nothing to do with how I sound. <laughs> Self awareness at one hundred for Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, did your whole PC die? Did the whole thing die yeah. out? The whole thing. The whole thing died. The you whole buy thing. a whole new computer. Yeah. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's wrangle this in and talk some hockey. What do you think, boys? Let's yeah, I love it. that. Ian, what do you, uh, how, how do you feel about the Cassidy uh, lines as, as he rolled them out over the weekend and now three games of success? I think there's, there's two things to it. First of all, 
we've been talking about splitting up the first line a lot. You guys were on this before I was. I really wanted to see that second line work. It didn't end up working. That's fine. The splitting up has has been good for us, I think. But Cassidy hasn't changed it in three games. And in two of those games, we weren't easily winning them. An overtime win against Buffalo. I mean, that's not an easy, that should have been an easier win. And then a Devils game that really went down to the wire. I mean, that's, Cassidy kept it the same through all of those, which was impressive. But the line changes he made didn't actually affect the game that much. It was the bottom six that really came through the past three games. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can really say, hey, Cassidy made these switches and it and it blew everything, it blew everything up other than tossing coil back down to the third line. Mm-hmm. I think it was just those quick little tweaks, putting people in positions, letting them play it out. Sometimes you get rewarded doing that. And I think that has a, that has a cascading effect. It re- I think it really does. Absolutely. You know, you have somebody like Smith who has that sort of dogged determination, you know, something that we weren't getting with, with uh, David Pasternak, you know, stuff like that really does, really does work. People being sl- slid into lines to better succeed. Holla with Hall, Holla being bumped up to the second C with Hall and Pasternak is better for them because Hall's got more speed than Coil does. Coil's a great pump possession dude, but Hall, Halla, both Hall and Pasternak are go, 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 and so is Halla. Halla's got that. Halla's got that skating skating ability, and you know, third and fourth lines being what they are, being productive, and you know, we'll, we'll get more into that. But I think there is something. I think there is something too. I think Ian, you have a point, but I think it's more than just. You know, I think there's more credit for Cassidy in this situation. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned some of that because I, I was I, I didn't word it the way I should have. I had this conversation about how the top line isn't really missing pasta all that much because they kept trying to feed him and it just wasn't working out. Right. It, it clearly was not working out. Pasta was doing other things. He was getting his points in other ways, but he wasn't hitting a shot. Someone pointed out uh, on, on one of the recent episodes on the ch- YouTube channel, and I thought this was a really good point. Smith is a puck retriever. And when you have two puck retrievers on one line and then Bergeron facilitating, I mean, that's probably more useful when Pasta is struggling. When Pasta is hitting a shot, it offsets that. It's not, it's not a debate. Pasta is better up there. But it's interesting to see a scenario where, all right, we have two puck retrievers, you have Bergeron facilitating, you're going to get your chances, and then you drop Pasta down a line, and you have speed for days on both wings, you have a little bit of speed through the center, and I don't think Hallow is a long-term 2C if we're going to make Clearly a long, long push. Yeah. Clearly not, no. He's a but good stopgap, though. It's a good, good stopgap. I completely agree, and I really feel like there was something to the fact that if pasta's not hitting his shot, it actually was a detriment to the other two because they constantly wanted him to get hot. I'm still not. Let me ask you this. Are you worried about pasta at all? No. Thomas to say no seems stubborn (laughs) at this point, uh, to be honest, uh, we were worried about him last year because it took a long time for him to get going. We were wondering if he was battling some sort of injury uh, in this year. It's yeah. You, there's, there's elements that you're worried about him. Maybe I'm not saying like, I'm worried that this is going to be him for the rest of his career or anything like that, but this is a substantial length to this slump. And it's unfortunate because yeah, he did get a goal over the course of this, the last three games, but it was kind of like a, a cleanup goal. It was almost like a practice goal. If that makes sense to you. Oh, I like that goal. I like I like it. I like it too, but it was not a pasta goal. Like it was not a shooter's goal. That was that was a that was a slump buster. That was a slump buster goal. I mean, that's that's, again, that's that's hopeful. I hope it's the slump buster goal, but it reminded me a lot of uh, Craig Smith's goal, the one that started the whole weekend, where Mm -hmm. it was wasn't a pretty shot. It wasn't a set play or anything like that. It was a little bit greasy, and needed to happen when it happened. 
because I mean, you heard the crowd when Pasta scored that goal. Crowd went nuts because everybody yeah, wanted him to score. They absolutely everybody wanted Pasta to get it, and and you, I I love to see the celebration. I love to see some sort of enthusiasm from Pasta. But uh, real quick before I lose this point, one of the things that I did actually really enjoy about the Pasta Hall uh, Hall line was mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of speed. There's some creativity that was starting to come through over the course of the last couple games. But even on the shifts that they didn't have like this offensive fucking even just puck possession, I really actually liked how they played their game defensively. They were a little bit they were the the four checking and all that stuff like they were not agitating, but they were they were in on it and there was the speed. It was just it was actually kind of a nice defensive blend for that forward line. I love that point. And if I can add to it, McAvoy plays differently when he's behind different lines. He's a, he's a cerebral player. He knows who he has in front of him. When it comes to the production line, he plays super loose, joins the rush easily, doesn't worry about it. When Pasta got dropped down, you would think that would make McAvoy more aware that like Pasta's kind of a defensive liability at times, bad turnovers. I saw him jump into the play way more. Mm-hmm. It's like he went, I have some very credible passers in front of me i can jump in at any point and the pass is going to hit my stick it showed itself in the goal against the red wings i believe is when he he tallied that with the hall feed across the slot it was a beautiful pass oh beautiful mac i I just thought to your point like yes you're talking about them defensively i thought the defense behind those three also kind of went we have a lot of, of of ice to take up now yep the passes will find us. We can join in this. So I, I really do like that point. Hall plays more is has been playing more dogged. We're seeing more of that, more of that um, determined back check that we saw mm-hmm. last year from him with Halla with Halla and Pasta as his line mates. And before I before I lose this point, I think it's wild. Last two seasons, Pasta has played 77 games and tallied 71 points, and we're still talking about him being in a prolonged slump. Yep. What a what a standard that he has built up yeah. for himself. Well, do any of us believe that he is a consistent 45 to 50 goal scorer? That's my question, because I personally don't. I thought that was a really good year for him. I think he's a consistent 35 to 40 goal scorer and he's having a down year but he's a consistent he's a, and the, it's 35 45 35 goals 45 assists i think that's his that's his consistent baseline which his is great. yes it's fantastic i think one of the things with pasta is he's so incredibly marketable yeah, that he's he that he's automatically noticeable just from that element. Yeah. But yeah, I would agree. Like the idea of him being a 45 goal guy, maybe he's not, maybe our hearts are telling us, yeah, he can be that guy, but the head has to tell you, maybe he's not, he definitely has the talent, but for him to consistently put it together, he hasn't really shown that in a couple of years and that's okay to be a 35 goal scorer on a Boston Bruin team is completely fine and reasonable, but maybe because of his marketability and personality, et cetera, like he's a lovable dude. You want to see him score 60 goals a year. It's just not fucking there. You know what I mean? So I feel like maybe the fan base puts him on a little bit of a pedestal sometimes, but, but uh, to be half as talented as that dude would be amazing. Uh, another player who is uh, extremely marketable at this point, Oscar Steen. Dude, we've been saying his praises since mid-November on this podcast. I think we had, I think it was mid-November that we did an episode that was literally called something about Steen. It was uh, an, an hour, hour, of hour of Steen, Steen worship. worship. It was yep. the one that you guys hosted with Kevin. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even have Andrew in it. Oh, that's brutal. Uh, but Oscar Steen is making us look way more intelligent than we need to look. No, not us. <laughs> look, I have to fall on the dagger on this one. We've been given credit. I mean, Kevin was one of the people that, that tweeted out to us like, hey, these boys have been on it. I have not. It took me way longer to get on the Oscar Steen engine. You two deserve all the credit. Before the season started, coming out of last season, you're like, this is the guy. 
you two just nailed this. I'm going to have a lot to say about him, but I, I got to throw it to you two to, to, to do your thing. <laughs> oh man. Where do we start? Thomas? I mean, start with how right you are. <laughs> <laughs> the, the situation Ian, for me is too much power. <laughs> The situation for me is is real simple. We've we've seen his play and we we're just basically saying like this guy is perfect for our fourth line. Like we need that energy boost. We need that kind of fucking grit. We need that kind of effort. That's why Steen Engine became a thing. You know what I mean? Like it's all effort and he's played himself to a point where I I welcome an argument of why he should be out of the lineup that doesn't have something to do with fucking money or whatever. Like, I don't care if Jake DeBrus comes back and that's the person to knock him out of the lineup. Like we have to figure out some way to keep this guy in. And he went and got a greasy goal too. So it's like, he's getting on the score sheet. That's fantastic. But he doesn't even need to score. He got a greasy goal. He got a fucking weird goal. He got a real weird first goal. The weirdest goal I've ever seen for a first NHL goal for a player. I've seen bad ones. Yeah. Nothing like that. I was almost disappointed for him that that was his first goal because it it was just, you know what I mean? Like it it, it lacked a little bit of luster there, but but honestly, it's just like, take away the goal. Take away his scoring ability at all. His effort alone and what he brings energy-wise and grit-wise, he has to be in this line. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not. And guys, I know I'm about to commit some sort of harem here, but... Don't do it. it. It's, 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 not that, it it's not that hard. Him being in the lineup, it's not that hard. Marshawn, Bergeron, Craig Smith... Hall, Halla, Pasternak, Jake DeBrusque, trade pending, Coyle, Oscar Steen, Feligno, Nosik, Lazar. Freddie is out. Oh, Freddie is out. There's your 12. I don't give a flying or grounded fuck about <laughs> Trent Frederick scoring in the last two games. If y'all watch the Detroit game, he was awful. He made that one good play. He was bad the rest of the time. He was pretty good against he was he was pretty good against New Jersey. Give him that. But getting Trent Fred getting Trent Frederick at the level he is now is not worth being in the lineup over getting Oscar Steen at the level he is now. I, I mean, I'll agree with that because of the Steen caveat. Uh, just to touch on Frederick, my hope and best case scenario is, yeah, I wasn't super impressed with with his play over the weekend. He did get some tallies. Confidence is such a big thing for these young fuckers. Mm-hmm. And if that is what helps him turn the corner and you see him get a little bit more involved after the play a little bit, like this fucking fan base is always clamoring for. If If the confidence just took a little bit of a jump because of the weekend that he had on the score sheet, maybe the rest of the game follows. So I don't want to just completely pull him off the lineup right now because we're finally seeing something out of him. That said, he's not right. there to score goals. We have all established that. However, if he does get on the score sheet, that's great. But I just I need to see better play all around. And I feel like he played better just maybe two, three weeks ago. We actually yeah. talked about it on this podcast. Yeah. It's like, you know, Freddie's actually been picking it up lately. And then I feel like he kind of took a little little bit of a nosedive coming out of this long extended break. But we also expected that from everybody. Mm. And nobody except for him really was that disappointing. And then the dude still scores goals. So like it, this was like such an incredible, perfect storm for these last three games. Like we saw so many dudes who needed to get going. Foligno fucking scoring. Ian, you basically willed that into his existence. I'll By insulting him, yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we're Bruins fans, man. Sometimes you just got to insult and hope for the best. But You're not going to like what I have to say next. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, like, and, and, well, Ian, we'll get to that in a second. But if you want to keep Frederick going, rotate Fr- Frederick and Foligno. Yeah. Have them, I, have, have them be both the 12 and a half Fords. Let me jump in here. Let me, this is – Freddie is the weirdest fucking player to – to actually analyze because of everything Thomas just said, where his defense as a fourth liner, right? His defense has never been the issue this year, at least 
all year we've been like, you know what? No, he's he's pretty solid defensively. He gets in the way. He does his job physically in the defensive zone. The problem is offensively, he's a he's not only a non-positive, he's a literal negative. And in the neutral zone, in the neutral zone, he loses the puck all the time. That's right. And it's so frustrating to watch. So it isn't just a, well, the guy's not on the score sheet. It's a, the puck dies on his stick. It's like in basketball when you have that guy, Marcus Smart, who shoots way too often. And you go, (laughs) no, you're good at other stuff. Why are you always throwing up these shots in clutch time when we know you're not the guy? That's Freddie throughout the game. It's frustrating to watch. And he's so hard to digest because, hey, these weren't the most impressive games by him. But all of a sudden, the puck goes in for him. Mm-hmm. And I will say that fourth line against uh, the Devils was awesome. They were mm-hmm. always in the offensive zone, and not because of their shift starts, but because they pushed the play forward. And I have to give him credit for it because he was part of that. But that goal was luck. That's not a goal. He tried to feed it back in the slot, missed the slot, and banked it off the uh, black one and in. And but- there's... That was a game of bounces. <laughs> it was. It was It was the one game where I finally went, thank you for the respect back, hockey gods. We went 26 games with a 6% shooting percentage. Thank you for giving us a few. I appreciate it. Freddie is not the first person I knock out for the reason Thomas said of confidence. I knock out Foligno. I have a strong conversation. Foligno, damn it. Not Foligno. Foligno. I, I, I also call him Foligno. So he's oh, killing me. He's Foligno, I, Tia. It's, he's a hard guy to knock out of the lineup, but I sit down man to man and go, we're, we're healthy scratching you for two games. You get it. We get it. You know what's going on. This is a scenario. And, and he's the guy I take out when DeBrus comes back. Well, I mean, there's good reason to. And you touched on it like, what, two weeks ago when we were talking about the amount of games that we're about to play. Foligno is probably sitting there looking at the fucking schedule and being like, there's no way my back is going to hold up if yeah. I'm expected to play yeah. three nights a week. It's just not possible. So he's a very good candidate to take some fucking healthy scratches to make sure that some of these kids like a like a Frederick, like a Steen, whoever, whatever the situation is and how the lineup is going to shake out on a night to night basis. Felino's going to take some 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 seats, and that's yeah. okay. And honestly, as as an, a veteran, as a leader in that locker room, he may actually be somebody to say, "Hey, raising my hand, go ahead and sit me for this game. Let's get this kid in here." Or did you? I don't like this matchup tonight. Like this matchup works really well in this kid's favor. Like let's go with that. He's kind of a coach on the ice, and there's there's a level of disappointment. I think that the three of us have. Uh, in terms of what we're, we've gotten out of him. Thus I liked far. the signing. Yeah, I, no. I like the yeah. signing. I, I still it. like the signing. Still like it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it, I'm starting to, to, you know, cool on it a little bit. I'm not yeah, but, in love. But you know what? If, if he gets going and we, we utilize him the right way, because there's been a lot of players who, who just haven't stepped up. And I think that's, that's the whole system itself. That's the whole team. Did you guys watch the uh, All or Nothing Toronto series? I still have not. It's still worth it. It's still worth watching. If you have Amazon Prime, at least, because, you know, you just get it with Amazon Prime. Uh, it's, it's an ad for Amazon Prime. Pay us first. It's not an ad for them. Don't sign up for them. Amazon Prime. Uh, buy, buy Andrew a laptop and a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody used Amazon Prime to order Andrew a laptop and a microphone. Amazon Prime. We will give you free ads for a year if you do that, please. Uh, Bones Coffee. Buy Andrew a laptop and a microphone. <laughs> Felino is a competitor and you get that when he goes down with the injury, not only is he upset, he's, he's livid about the situation, which you have to, all of us have played sports at some point. Uh, It's, it's one of those things where when you can't play for some reason, you feel this massive personal, I'm letting everyone down, even though physically you can't do it. I had those moments and I was, I was angry at everything and myself more than anything. And he's one of those people that's just angry that he's the guy that he feels like he's holding everyone else up. So I don't know if he raises the hand like that, because although you're right, he's a great leader in the locker room. The guy wants to compete. He is absolutely a competitor. But 
he really does need to take a couple breaks. Like you said, this might be actually a decent month to go, you know what? Sit a game. It's not an insult. Sit a game. He's not going to be, he's not going to want to, but he's going to understand because he knows what's going on. And and again, like knowing his body, knowing his history, I, I, I think he would, the competitiveness is going to make him want to be on the ice, but his mind and knowing his body enough, I think that's going to allow him to just kind of take that seat and, uh, and and just be willing to do it. And because yeah. he knows he's doing it for the right reasons, not only for himself, but, but for the team itself. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily want any of these dudes right now out of the lineup because I was so happy with what we've seen for the last three games. We've, we've been wanting this for three months now and we finally got it. And you heard, you heard what my predictions were for this past weekend. I, I thought we were winning one of these three games. You took Just a one. big fat L as I did, and you know I what? Mean, That's technically, okay. I did too, even though I was closer. But <laughs> I, I also took an L. Andrew won the week. Spoiler alert! That's whatever. <laughs> this fucking asshole. World champ of the week, baby. <laughs> Actually, it. Andrew, I want to ask you a question if, because of what Thomas just said. Thomas feels great. I feel great. I think you feel great. We beat <laughs> Buffalo in overtime. We crushed the Red Wings, and then we beat a very close game uh the devils we beat the devils in a very close game i don't know why i can't speak probably the eight margaritas or whatever <laughs> uh do you feel that we should feel this good right now should we feel this good over uh, two close games against bottom tier teams and then one blowout i'm gonna say yes right off the bat buffalo was was consistently playing in days leading up to us playing them and we hadn't played in two weeks so we we came in as a cold fish and came in, won, won an important hockey game. We're still playing against NHL. Down Colorado by two, teams. going into the third. That's what I was just about to get to. It, oh. We showed we showed some heart. Yeah, you could you could step on my <laughs> my point all you want, but like the, the point <laughs> the point remains. <laughs> but we have not come down from a two goal deficit all fucking season, so we needed that, and we got that under the bag. So let's let's nix the idea of oh we should have come in and dominated that game. We came in cold and we came in and fucking stole it back. Either Andrew died or ripped ass into the microphone. (laughs) That was, that was my response to Ian's question. Detroit was Detroit. We won that game. We played well. We looked good. It was a good fucking road game. Fine. Then we played a New Jersey team that literally had no quit. The effort that we got, from New Jersey in that game was incredible and hats off to them. Their fan base, I'm sure was at least remotely pleased with that game coming heavily from what they've been doing. God. Heavily shorthand, but uh, what, what an effort out of them. So we played a team that was fucking trying and we won. That's what I take from it. Bottom tier teams, top tier teams. It doesn't matter if you're playing a good fucking hockey game and you're winning and you're getting secondary scoring, you're getting decent enough goaltending for the all three games like i don't have too many real complaints about the goaltending in three games and that's again that's tough to do when you haven't played a game in two weeks for either of them that's so just I don't, I don't i don't have i don't have any complaints about these games and now we're a little bit warm and now we're going to start playing a couple of better teams leading into this week let's let's fucking go dude like let's take this momentum it doesn't matter where the momentum came i don't i don't care if they just beat up on a high school team a win's a win. Two points is two points, period. That's just it, man. Like, you beat who's in front of you. Exactly. That's just it. You beat who's in front of you. And ugly wins, pretty wins, they were, they may have been against lower tier teams, but they were pretty wins. That's just, that's the other thing. They were pretty wins. These are the teams you're supposed to beat. And especially Detroit, who, you know, five games in hand or not, we unseated for a playoff spot with a 5-1 victory. You'll love to see it. Nope. The so. Pats just beat up on Jacksonville 50-10. to 5-1, baby. You know what five I mean? Like, that's it. It's, yeah, it was the same night as the 5-1 game, too. The Detroit game. You don't get a half point for beating the Sabres. You don't get a half point for beating the Red Wings. You get full two points. They were pretty wins. And... In the in Buffalo and New Jersey's case, they were a game. They were game squads, and I so I feel damn good about 
how we looked in those games, especially the Detroit game. I mean, 14 I goals in three games, 13 of them, five on five. We'll get into the power play in a second. 12 of them by players not named Pasternak, Marchand, or Bergeron. I mean, I, I totally feel what you guys are saying because the scoring came from not the top six, or I mean, not the top line, at least. And I like how we keep talking about Pasternak being on the top line because he hasn't been in a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He still feels like the top line uh, winger, but he's not. We have two top line wingers on our second line. <clears throat> Taylor Hall is a Boston Bruin. Taylor Hall is a fucking Boston Bruin. I honestly, I fucking hate that at this point. Just because, me too. <laughs> <laughs> just because, just because he finally scored a goal again, uh, it's a five on five goal. It's like that's going to come flying back. I didn't see it as much on Twitter this weekend, but uh, that feed oh to McAvoy though was gorgeous. So you you change that even by a degree, and that doesn't get to him. Mm-hmm. That Holy pass shit. had some anger on it. Yeah, yeah, the and, and me, not Riley anger where you can't yeah. collect the pass because he fucking whipped <laughs> it at you so hard. You're like, what am I? What am I? That's a Zach Wilson fucking pass, dude. What am I supposed to do with that shit? Ugh. I've been watching a lot of football lately. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I really liked about uh, Paul in general for the last couple weeks, if you take away his his lack of uh, scoring, he has done very similar, if not better, than what Paz has done, where it's just, okay, I'm not contributing on this end of the ice. I need to contribute in other ways. Because you would think just with the reputation of Taylor Hall over the last seven, eight years or whatever, is he, he... Lazy. There's a yeah. There's a reputation of laziness or quitting or whatever. I haven't seen that from him this year. I didn't see it last year. I know, but I, I think there's a different motivation for him playing in this in this town mm-hmm. than he had obviously in Buffalo or he had in fucking Jersey or he had in. Uh, I mean, where has he played? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what, what Arizona? Effort, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what effort are we really going to see out of a player in Arizona? Period. Uh, when it when it comes to okay, we're not a playoff caliber team. This is my amount of effort. This is a playoff caliber team. I I'm staying with that. This team will make the playoffs. We may sneak into the playoffs, injured as fuck. But the Bruins are a playoff team. The whole point of him being here is to try to make a run. Yeah, and an eight seed playoff. Like if we're the eighth seed, it's not like the first seed is happy to see the Boston Bruins. No. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people will be like a lot of fans of different teams are like, oh, yeah, because your name carries. It does a little bit with the Boston Bruins. It's not a team that you like to see in the playoffs unless you're Tampa. But we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I, I really you do believe that part. <laughs> I have to because I'm a realistic person. I just feel like any team that gets the first seed in the Eastern Conference is going to go if, if we are the second wild card. They're going to go, fuck, I get to do face-offs against Patrice Bergeron for how many games? I have to deal with Marchand for how many games? I have Tuka Rask behind them for how many? No one wants to face the Boston Bruins. I don't... Tuka Rask. Well, again, we'll get there. I, I just love that we're diving into this so intensely with these lines because... We're so happy to be Bruins fans right now. After three good games, because we know the potential of the team is there and we can expand on this. Honestly, if we win two of the next three, I'm pumped. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with a loss in the next three. That's not the biggest deal in the world. I'd like to see us string together a five, maybe six, six wins in a row. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I would be content with five winning five out of six every fucking <laughs> every no, two I, weeks. No, I, I know how ridiculous <laughs> it sounds, but when you look at the standings, you go, yeah. "Shit, we really need that." Yeah, that's an eight thirty-three point percentage, baby. Mm-hmm. I I am a huge advocate for this team as a talent to get hot and make the playoffs. I don't give a shit what seed you are. Well, you have the talent to get hot. I yeah. do. Well, you, we are eight points behind uh, yeah. uh, Toronto, I think. I, um, we, we're, we're in a hole, but we're, we're still eight, well, we're eight points behind and we only have two games in hand because they've been uh, COVID. Yeah. But, the, but they're also every team ahead of us in the Atlantic is winning. We yeah. won three in a row. Well, guess what? So is uh, I think two or three for Florida. I, everyone else is winning games. That's not mm-hmm. enough. You, you win seven in a row. We'll talk fucking mm-hmm. penguins. The only reason they're above us in the wild card. I think they've won eight in a row. 
and they're handicapped like there i hate the penguins so fucking much they <laughs> always every random asshole they pick up off the street is oh i'm gonna score 30 goals this season all right chuckle fuck whatever you do you <laughs> danton heinen is gonna score 30 this year who <laughs> i'm angry i'm so angry why am i angry all of a sudden uh bef- before i lose this uh this idea you you're asking are we upset about these games being close against down opponents yes so you kind of you kind of hinted at some some anger at the uh the power play oh power yeah play, I did. if the power play got going those games aren't close but ian i know you have thoughts about the power play so uh I'm gonna smash that mute button for myself and crack open a beer, <laughs> and uh, let's let's let you uh, lay out your case here. All right, I'm gonna jump into this a little bit. First of all, I'm such an asshole. For all the listeners right out there. there, I <laughs> for all the listeners out there, I made this this word document and I shared it with the boys, and we made notes in it. And my note about the power play is. Well, it's bad. Three out of 26 power plays we've scored on since December 1st. That's 11%. But I felt the need to put in zero for eight in our last three games. And I also let them know that 0% because I don't think they'd figure, I don't think they'd figure that out on their own. Here's my power play point. (laughs) And I, I mentioned this a little bit in the videos, so I might be repeating myself for those of you who watch, but guys, McAvoy isn't the answer on the back end on the power play. That's that's honestly my belief. That's honestly my belief. That's not even the first time that we've talked about that on the podcast, too. We said that a few weeks ago that we did. I think that's actually a beneficial thing to the Boston Bruins if they realize that. Because it does two things. One, you toss um Andrew, you okay? (laughs) I'm fine. Why? You just, we just had some weird noises coming from me. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll try yeah, that again. I, I took a breath. What happened? Like you I took a breath you into a breath. the mic? Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, great. This is super fun for all. Uh, all right. Um, McAvoy, power play quarterback. I said two things, though. It's, it's two things. Oh, one, it allows you to get a guy like Grizz or Riley involved that boosts confidence, right? And I think Grizz is playing great. I'm not really worried about that, but Riley is the other guy. Or even if you have an injury, God forbid, a Sean comes up. I, I'm not afraid of putting a Sean on the first power play unit right out of the gate. I'm really not. Riley's and that might be kind better. of a bizarre take. Sorry? Riley's playing better. Riley is playing better. I think there's still a long way to go till he's back to form. But yeah, he is playing better. But McAvoy has to go on that. And if you take him off that power play unit, which we're averaging, what, two point something power plays a game. I'm not really sure. But over the past, I don't know, eight, ten games, it feels like that. Take McAvoy out. All right. All of a sudden, he can play two or three more minutes, five on five. Great. That's where I'd rather have him defending and moving the puck forward offensively. Then the, the guaranteed offensive moments because he's our best defender as well as our best offensive defender outside of the power play. Is that weird to say? Why is it a bad thing? Why is it a knock on a almost 10 million a year guy that, hey, we don't want to use you on a power play because you're so you good at even strength? I think you just said it. If you were a nearly $10 million a year guy, you're expected to be all situations. Yeah, but how about we use you in the in the situations that we need you? I'd rather have McAvoy on the ice five on five than five on four. I, do, you to have, do you happen to have his uh, power play numbers? Offhand? I don't. I don't. Do you need them? Because I can get them. Because I'm 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 curious because I feel like he's looked a lot better on the power. I feel like he's looked he's looked a lot better on the power play because you know I don't think he's a quarterback. But three for twenty six since December first, and he's been on the first power play. Him personally, okay, him personally. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to get those specific numbers quick enough for this to make sense to do. All right. Well, Riley, I think is capable in that position, and. As is Grizz, maybe a little less so, but I think I, I think the mistake that we made last year with Grizz is that we expected him to be Krug, and he's not. Few are on the power play anyway. 
Um, I don't, but I don't think Grizz is that much of a step off from. It's not the same play style, but why can't Grizz quarterback the power play? I think he looks better there this year when he's on it. He looks better, but not by a lot of degrees. Oh, we disagree on that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and he, because he's not. I, I think he's excellent five on five offensively. Same with McAvoy. Here's my problem. My problem is McAvoy looks uncomfortable on the power play outside of the fact that he is not, I don't know if it's his fault. I'll be honest about that, but he's the first change I would make. And I do know that when I watch the first power play unit, he looks less comfortable. He doesn't move the puck as quickly. He doesn't like to have the puck on his stick. It looks like Grizz doesn't look like that. Mm-hmm. Grizz looks like he takes it, knows what he wants to do with it. I think McAvoy is overthinking that part of the game. And I don't, I don't think I even want to solve that. I don't, I don't, I would rather have him five on five. I do not give a shit if McAvoy $9.5 million McAvoy is our power play QB, because I would rather have him five on five, save the ice time. I don't even disagree with you, but I'm, uh, but what I'm saying is I get the argument. I get their argument. You know what I mean? Like I get why people are why people want to see the guy who's getting paid nine point five million next year, not this year. Remember, he's only making four point six this year. Why they want him in the all situation? But I I understand where you are coming from. I would like to see him have a little bit more product productivity on the power play, but I'd like to see a lot a little more productivity on the power play. Period, as evidenced by the what was it zero percent. In the last three games, I think zero for eight is zero. Yeah, carry that is that is zero. Nothing divided by you. nothing. Carry the nothing. Doing math, I'm, I'm proud of you. Fuck math. Fuck math. I forgot fuck about math. that. Fuck, fuck math. math. Yes. <laughs> but I get I get both arguments. Um, McAvoy McAvoy is just so excellent five on five, and he's going to shatter his career high in points this year being middling on the power play. I mean, and I, I do not have these numbers in front of me, but I feel like most of his chances at least come from five on five play. I'd also, here's, here's the craziest thing. And Thomas, you're going to be the first person to agree with me on this. How many fucking chances do we give up when we're on the power play? Like it's insane, and we're talking about how how we want to keep the the QB the same. I don't, I don't, I, I get why. I agree with you, Andrew. I get why people see that contract and they go all situations. I get that, but hey, what about a unique situation where our nine point five million dollar goalie, a goalie, million dollar defenseman, is? So fucking good at 5v5 that he's earned every cent of that plus some. And he's just not the power play guy because we want a power play specialist for that position. So I've pulled up his power play numbers for this year. He has 20 points this year in 28 games. Want to take a stab on his uh, percentage? Per how many po- per- What percentage of those points are on the power play? I'd rather just say the points because I'm not good at math. I'll go with six points. More. Nine? Less. Eight. Yeah, 40% of his points are on the power play. Which is how many? Eight out of All 20. right, right good. <laughs> that's uh, that's which honestly is surprising. surprising to me, yeah. Yeah, which is surprising considering, considering I agree with the eye test here, what Ian is seeing, but a decent chunk of his points are on the power play. But does that say our power play is good, or does that say a decent chunk of his points are on the power play? It says a decent chunk of his points are on the power play. It doesn't say that our power play is good. Right. It says that he's been productive on the power play, however. Does it say he's been productive, or does it say his lack of production of five-on-five, which would also disprove me? Damn it! I'm in a lose-lose situation here. I think it's interesting, but I think it's interesting. I think I think this is an interesting debate between eye test and statistics. Look, eight points out of twenty on the power play, great, fine, whatever. He runs the first power play unit, 
and they have been terrible for the past month and a half. Albeit there haven't been a lot of games for a month and a half of, of actual time. You're killing your own point every time you speak. <laughs> I know I'm good at that, but what I'm really getting at here is that he is not the going to be the guy who makes that power play effective. Mm-hmm. Eight out of 20 points for him. That's great for him. And maybe I'm overrating his five on five offense because at the end of the day, the power play hasn't been effective mm-hmm. and it hasn't been good lately. And he's been the guy at the back end, whether or not that's his fault. That's, that's a, up to debate, but he's the first thing personally I'd change. If you guys have a different opinion on what you change the power play, feel free because this conversation has probably gone down too far of a tunnel as it is. Right. But we're really staring down two different, two different views here. Whereas eight out of 20, does that mean he's good on the power play or eight out of 20? Does that mean that maybe he's just not an offensive dynamo and he's so good at making sure the puck doesn't go in our own net and creating the other way? Because I bet his plus minus uh, beats plus out. Seven. Plus seven. Plus seven. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do the statistics, statistics in my head of our win losses here. That's probably not good for my point either, honestly. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> yeah, you're, the point that you made in the middle of all that was his minutes can be five on five. I'd rather mm-hmm. see those minutes get used because if he's not scoring goals, if he's not setting up goals on the power play, then I want to see him in more important part of the game, which is fine. Yeah. But I, I just think we have other options on the power play that I would I, at least try it. That's all I'm asking, basically, at this point. Like, just just try it. Like, just a tip. Hey, remember how you <laughs> remember how you changed the bottom nine and uh, it works? Well, how about you change mm-hmm. the power play? Maybe it'll work. Yep. We have well, too much that, talent. That coming, that's coming next because Bruce Cassidy can't keep going on with this power play humming along. Well, humming, coughing along the way that it is. Yeah. So, Andrew, so, Thomas, I get that your point is also change the quarterback, right? Like that's the first change you would make? Yeah, give it a shot. Yeah. I'm not but saying Andrew, it needs to be a permanent thing, but give it a shot. What is your first change to fix this? My first change? Yeah. So, um, mine is McAvoy getting taken out. His is also changing the, the, the QB of it all. What's yours? I would try five forwards. So also take it back away out. Yeah, I would try five forwards though. Because oh, we argued for 20 goddamn minutes. And no, you're well, like, no, hang me. on. Hang on a second. Hang on. I don't think he's as bad. Like the statistics bear out that he's not as bad as we think he looks. You know what I mean? But three for 26 since December 1st, you know, proof is there statistically, individually, statistically, he hasn't been terrible. I just don't know if eight points and eight power play points in 29 games is, is good statistically. Well, that's my point is I don't, I don't think eight power play points in 29 games as the QB is, is the answer. Yeah. I I don't think we really have a resolution to this. Yeah, I don't think we do either. I don't think there is. I don't think there is like, I think there are solutions in house. Yeah. But I don't think they're from the back end either. I don't know about, I I love Grizzly. I don't love him on the power play. I like Riley. Whenever Riley's on the power play, the power play kind of looks skittish. Well, because they know he's going to give it up and it's going to be a fast break the other way. <laughs> oh my God. Just, just, just for a second, just get off the toilet and stop shitting on him. Um, <laughs> am I wrong? All right. It's fine. It's fine. That's well, right. who do you want to see on it then? Who's, who's the guy you toss in? Well, I keep, I, I would keep Felino on the front end, the, the, the net front presence for now. Okay. Um, you see, it's tough because it's like, who do you, who do you trust on the, who do you trust to be like the, the last line of defense uh, going the other way in case there's a breakaway. Could I offer you Taylor Hall? Would you, would you, well, Taylor Hall at the point making that Taylor Hall proved he could make some plays from the point with that sick pass to McAvoy. 
He sure did. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that might be worth a, he was not good net front presence. Oh, that he, might wasn't, be fun. he wasn't good at that, but I think that if, if you put him at the point and you let him kind of go into the slot, like, like skating, give him from a skating start into the slot, like, you know, have jump in as a bumper. Close. I like that. Yep. Yeah. Jump in as a bumper or, you know, like have like a double bumper, have like Bergeron and Hall as the bumpers and Foligno as the net front. And then. I don't know. Do you have pot? Do you have pasta on the point? So, you know, so he has more room to rip the one timer. Maybe that would, maybe that would benefit him. Who the fuck knows? Like we're not coaches. Bruce Cassidy, you know, knows, has forgotten more about hockey than we'll ever know. So <laughs> it's fair. So, it, so it doesn't, it doesn't sound like we have a resolution to this, but give me, give me a summation. Like what's, McAvoy's where do you want to leave this? On the power play. McAvoy is not the answer on the power play. Let's, uh, I want to see. Uh, I want to see Grizz more. Andrew wants to see whoever the fuck forward he feels like at the moment. Well, I mean, he's saying that <laughs> there's definitely some answers in house, and I would agree with that. I agree I, with that I, too. Yeah, it, it's going to come from Cassidy. So over the next couple games, maybe we'll see a little bit of change, and we can touch on this again next week. But the mm-hmm. idea that answers are in house kind of leads me into. Uh, it feels like trade talk is coming up. Oh God! Mm-hmm. It's Ian, the most wonderful time. Ian, Ian, I'm looking at your notes for this episode. Go ahead and give me a quick rundown of this because I think you have a good point here. Okay, so we have three months about until the actual trade deadline, which is absurd. So I I feel like some rules are being broken, and I'm going to list all four real quick, and we're going to talk a little bit about them. First of all, a rule of the trade deadline. You don't trade players you just signed in free agency this year. It is a red flag to future free agents. You don't trade young, promising goalies. Don't overvalue your own prospects as a fan. Trust me, we all get heartbroken with that. And don't forget why you're making the trade. It's either to compete or to gain assets. It's never because... I don't like him. Those are my four points. Indisputable. <laughs> it, honestly, like it's, it, we're not the only uh, fan base that's guilty of overvaluing our, uh, our prospects, especially our prospect pool where we get really excited about a player. And it's just like, he's, he's not a top pick. You know what I mean? Like, so we have kind of a thin prospect pools, but I've said this so many times, especially when I lived in Tennessee, just my basic advice to a lot of those newer hockey fans, quote unquote, was just don't fall in love with your players, especially in a smaller market. You get a you get a superstar. You may not have them for a couple years or you may only Break have them heart. for a couple years. Yeah. Like it's, it's tough. It's obviously like you fall in love with players. Like everybody's in love with Marshawn. Bergeron is literally, I think he's literally a saint. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think the church has recognized it at this point. They should have at least, but Certain players you just you can't fall in love with, or Ian, you're I, I love Steen. We've already talked about him, but you brought up the idea of I'm gonna get a fucking jersey. It's like I'm not ready to commit <laughs> to that quite yet because you never fucking know. It's like because you're smarter than me. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe financially, just from a jersey perspective. But I think that's pretty much it. But <laughs> by the way, know. real quick, Ian, buy the jersey, you coward. I've already, people have already donated for me to, I set up a little tip jar and people have donated for me to buy. People paid me money to buy a jersey and also to say like, hey, good job. It's absurd to me and I love you guys so much. I can't believe I'm I'm like, I'm blushing just thinking about it. But I, I definitely agree with the idea of you don't make a trade because you don't like somebody. And every time we talk about a player we don't like, and I say we, as a fan base, collectively, we're all guilty of it at certain times. You don't like somebody, you want to ship them out. It is impossible right now to move Olmark and get any level of value that we should for a player of his caliber. He was arguably the number one goal get this offseason, period. We got he's him. been playing really well. We got him for a discount, and he is playing a lot better than some of this fan base is giving him credit for. Period. He has a two-year no movement. 
you want to get him to fucking wave that to ship him off somewhere to get prospects or, or to get a player right now that's going to help this team win. We, that, that is assuming that Tukarask is going to resign, which we are in the belief that it is going to happen very, very soon. But you're telling me that if you move Holmark, or God forbid you move fucking Swayman, as some people have suggested, and I don't know how fucking serious they were, but I just didn't have the brain capacity to actually read through that thread. But you can't move an Olmark or a Swayman right now and expect Tukaras to come in here and actually play 50% or more of these games coming off an injury. It's just, it's just not possible. Also, it's, how does that be responsible? How does that look to other free agents in the future? Well, that's, that's Ian's other big point, which fans don't think of that, but if you want to get a good free agent, because let's be honest, sometimes it's tough for, for Boston to get the big fish because a lot of players know that they can get just as much money with a lot less pressure from the fan base or media, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. And that's, that, that's, that's just it. Like you, you sign a dude to a no movement clause and you ask him to waive it and he hasn't even played 20 games. Yeah. Like get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Learn how front offices and the business, this business actually operates. Yeah. Every agent in hockey, every agent, they we'll talk talking to, each to other. their client. Well, not only that, but they're going to talk to their client when they're considering like, oh yeah, Boston's an option for me. It's like, well, just remember what they did last year or just remember what they t- tried to do or tried to accomplish. And that follows for five, six years. That does and, not get forgotten easily. No, that will stain your front office regardless of who's there. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. So the, the trade talk is going to start heating up, but I think we all need to kind of level our expectations just a little bit. Just follow the rules. Like, yes, you can make up dumb, bad trades. Like, that's part of being a passionate fan. And I love that shit. Like, I, I hate when people are on Twitter just crucifying trades left and right. It's fun to just be like, hey, how about this? How about this? But remember that there's certain aspects that are so unrealistic. So, uh, trading Swayman, Swayman's one of the few untouchables to me. Because I think this team really does believe, and I'm on that boat, that, yes, we have Olmark for four years. I think they think Swayman is, after that, the 10-year starter. They truly believe that. I think sooner than that, because remember, the full new move is only for two years. Correct. There's a no trade with a limited um, uh, team list after that. So they, they, they... Got the top goalie in the free agent market to insulate Jeremy Swayman. You know what that is? That's a win now move. Yeah. The very thing that a lot of Bruins fans accuse Don Sweeney of never doing. Stop. (laughs) So that's, so we've touched a little bit on the the trade talk, which we're going to talk way more in depth about coming up, right? Like, Oh, sure. Cause we still have, how long did you say? Like 10 weeks? Uh, We have a while. It's almost three months. It's in March that the actual trade deadline is. We talked about Rask. It's all signs point to Rask being signed. Soon, very soon, uh, within the next week or two soon. I think it's, I think they're aiming for this week, which to be honest, there's talks, there's talks of him potentially being in Providence on Friday. Hell yeah, dude. I love Rask. And a lot of people are kind of on the whole, there's all this, they get labeled the Rask haters and there's all that whole mix of things. I'm pumped about this because we'll have three goalies on the roster that are, that are real starting goalies. One of them who has been an elite goalie for, uh, I don't know, at least eight years minimum. Tuka Rask is elite. I believe he is the number two in all-time save percentage in the NHL. Y'all know how long the NHL's been around? Uh, It's a little over 100 years, uh, give or take 100 years. <laughs> I was hoping for a really good sarcastic answer, but dude actually started just. <laughs> no, that's why I had to lead in that's with the hundred and fuck it around. Give or take a hundred years. Way to hedge your bets there, Malqual. <laughs> Always hedge your bets. Always hedge your bets. You want to make money, hedge them. 
Tick Rastine is a good thing. A lot of people seem to be panicking over, well, what do you do when you have three active goalies? You take the one goalie who's able to go through waivers and you put him down to get active playing time. And if an injury happens in this heavily condensed schedule, you have another starting goalie to throw in. What a disaster. Oh, no. Oh, geez. I think I, I, I think the thing that a lot of people are getting pissed off about, and I'm not exaggerating when I say pissed off about it, is the fact that people think that Swayman going to Providence is, and I want to be clever here, below him. What do you think? People Tell think me. that he's re- ready for the ready for the show right now, and that getting sent down to Providence is below him. That he's ready, full sail. I, I I get what people are saying because it's like, oh, this dude is he's an NHL caliber guy right now. But it's do you want the depth? Would you rather see Tukaresk sign somewhere else and make a run at a cup? Tukaresk doesn't want to go anywhere else. To have three fucking solid goaltenders is a luxury that no other franchise in the NHL will have leading into this postseason. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You brought up the best point too, which is how many goalies did you start in the postseason, guys? One. The hottest. The hottest. The hottest. hottest ah, one. I see what you did there. Okay. The yep. hottest one. And guess what? That's going to be Tuka Rasp. I mean, I just, yes, you send Swayman down a scenario that he's already been prepared for. I guarantee it. He knows the score. He's not stupid. We make the playoffs, which a lot of us are very, very in on. We very much believe this team can do it. Tuka Rask is still your starter at the, in that scenario. And for all those people who go, I don't trust Tuka. Well, guess what? You can call up Swayman. So it's a win-win for you too. You trust Tuca. Here's the only thing I've ever seen against Tuca. He can't handle the clutch big games. That's the, that's the argument, right? Because you know, he's great in the regular season. No one's going to argue against that because his numbers are insanely good. They'll argue game seven. I don't trust Rask in the playoffs. If you're one of those people, fine. That's great. That's your opinion. You have Swayman on the back burner to throw in. If you also don't trust Olmark, because when playoffs come around, salary cap and rosters don't fucking matter anymore. Tuka Rask is eighth all time in playoff save percentage. I know, but we're not going to do that whole argument. Do nothing else with it. It's just (laughs) one of those win win scenarios that I find so weird that people are arguing against. If Rask struggles during the regular season, we have two other goalies to slot in. I just, I don't understand the negative. I, I just don't get it. I literally don't get it from a logical point of view. It's because there's nothing to get. Yeah. Like, honest and truly, there's nothing else to get. Like, you nailed it. The end. <laughs> the end. The end. End of the episode. Boom. Done. Podcast yep. over. <laughs> yeah, no no outro music or nothing. That's the end. Could you imagine you just cut it off? You nailed it. Boom. Done. It's, uh, that's going to be great. Now, hold on. Wait. Let me cue up some. And there's the outro music right there. <laughs> Boys, let's do this real quick. Andrew got the W last week with predictions this weekend. Uh, I'll believe it because I didn't look well back at the scores, but I'll believe you. I mean, he, he... I was the only one with three dubs. Yeah, he was the I only was one the with only three dubs. I was the only one with three dubs. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> World champ, baby. Suck it. Three dubs <laughs> and no laptop. <laughs> Buy me a laptop, please. <laughs> <laughs> so we got, we got the wild tonight. We got the lightning on Saturday. And then we have caps on Monday. That is a that is a murderer's row. That is By the way, three good teams. teams. Okay, wild, easy, peasy. That is a 3-1 loss. Oof. Uh, Lightning, a little regular season revenge. That is a 4-2 dub. And then uh, I think we have the Cavs number now. I think it's switched around. I'm going to say a 5-2 dub. Andrew, go ahead, brother. So for the wild, uh, Cam Talbot's hurt right now. So their goaltending is a little bit in flux. Their backup goaltender is Bruins legend Zane McIntyre. I will put that as a 4-1 dub. 
I want to point out that the time it took for Andrew to say one team, I did all three. I just want to point that out. <laughs> all right, you keep going, bud. Lightning <laughs> is a 3-2 overtime loss, and the Caps, shout out to the Caps Jerk Boys, is a 3-1 dub. So I say five out of six points. Tonight against the Wild, I think we lose 4-2. I think the only reason that it's a uh, multi-goal differential is an empty netter or something towards the end. I think it's going to be a tight game, but I, I think the Wild are right now the better team. Now we're going to go down to the Lightning. It's not an easy place for us to play right now, and it's not an easy team for us to play against. I think that's a 3-1 loss. That's two losses in a row, but then we're going to come right back up to uh, our nation's capital and fucking take a big W from the Caps. Well, I got nothing else, so that pretty much wraps it up. But we have been doing this podcast now for 52 episodes. And Ian, this is your 26th episode. You are officially have done half of our episodes. So at this point, <laughs> going forward. I thought you were going to be like, you're officially part of the podcast. Well, like 26 yeah. weeks. Yeah, the like first 25 weeks. episodes, you were just a guest host. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you think about it at this point and going forward, you will have been on the majority of our podcast. So welcome it's- to the podcast, Ian. You're official. <laughs> Why am I disappointed? I have this weird <laughs> sense of disappointment. <laughs> I love you guys. Let's let's call it a night. Hi boys, go bees. Go, go bees. bees. Your laptop, please. <laughs> <laughs>